0: Welcome to the Real Money Show, the number
1: 18778Silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. If you've been watching the markets, seeing inflation run wild, you're probably thinking maybe I should get into some of this physical gold and silver. Well, we're going to give you some reasons why and we're going to show you how to do it on today's show. Uh, some of the topics we're going to discuss is going to be we'll 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 touch base on the Fed, look at some technical forecasting in the market on the precious metals. Let's take a look at the physical market as it is, shortages, demand, what kind of wait times are we looking at, what kind of products are available. Uh, we'll touch on inflation and a new term that's making the rounds, demand destruction. But first, Jerry, um, welcome to the show. Um, Jerry Correa, how you doing? Good,
2: Jeremy. How you doing? I'm good to good. be back on the
1: show. I'm good. I want to do kind of a spitball here on Russia and gold. Yeah, let's do it. How how do you feel about that? I'm all right for the spitballs. Okay, let's let's connect some dots. We want to talk about Russia and gold. Let's start with, um, I've got a a few article headlines. And um, you know what's interesting, Jerry? Now more than ever, I find myself reading between the lines. (laughs) I don't know about you, but... We have to. Let's look at the first big, big one, okay? This comes from CNBC. BlackRock's Larry Fink, who oversees... 10 trillion dollars says the russia-ukraine war is ending globalization that's a mm-hmm. that's a big thing that's a to big, say big statement that's a big statement he's saying that quote the russian invasion of ukraine has put an end to the globalization we have experienced over the last three decades mm-hmm. basically saying that the that uh, Russia and Ukraine appended the world order that had been in place since the Cold War. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge because – now just kind of hold on to that. Hold on to that idea of, of what's happening in Ukraine right now is signaling the end of globalization. Of course, this bank has taken advantage of that um, and it's been kind of their bread and butter, the whole globalization. But – Let's just look at some other things that are happening. Do you remember Jerry uh, a couple weeks on the show? A couple weeks ago on the show, we we talked about the Stop the Russian Gold Act.
2: Mm-hmm. That was
1: a, a bill being a introduced, one. and also that the London Bullion Market Association decided to remove several gold, several Russian gold refiners from the good delivery bar list. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, the funny thing about that was they said that, well, if we already own the gold, it's fine, right? Yeah. It's it's as of tomorrow, whatever we're going to take in is not going to work anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But in light of some other information coming out like – and we'll dig into these. Here's another headline. I am, this came from um, Zero Hedge. IMF warns countries may cut dollar reserves in response to US sanctions against Russia. So you have – these sanctions against against Russia—they're stop the even on the gold side. We don't want your gold. We don't want your your money. You can't use the U.S. dollar. You can't use the SWIFT system. And it does seem as though Russia was prepared for this. Mm-hmm. They seem like they're okay with this because they support so much of the world's food market through um, fertilizer and propane. Mm-hmm as we've come to understand very quickly, and of course gas. And they continue to deliver on all of their contracts. Yeah, that's right. But people are going to have to pay increasing – or countries are going to have to pay increasingly more money as their dollar falters. And since Russia is being cut off from all of these systems, they have to say, OK, fine, we'll we'll just take rubles or just take gold. Mm-hmm. So what what's your perspective on Russia – We'll jump to we'll jump before we kind of go into some details what's your perspective on gold backing its ruble just coming out and say that's it we're backing by the gold
2: that's right um huge uh moves from russia and we kind of saw this years ago u.s dollar dominance kind of losing control which is why we're seeing a birth of other monetary systems and the birth of bitcoin uh etc so there's always been a, a move away and i think Russia has shown that they have um, that they've pivoted, but they've been prepared for this for the, a time like this. It seems like the U.S. dollar hegemony is coming to an end, uh, particularly with the petrodollar system coming to an end. That was the that was the staple for the, the U.S. dollar. Without the petro uh, petrodollar system, oil being traded in U.S. dollars, and we're seeing simply, um, Putin said, unfriendly uh, countries. Um, will have to pay us in rubles for the for the product that they want, and it's a simple move to boost up the ruble. Um, we saw a, a, a reaction to the Russian stock market on the positive side, the positive ruble side. Um, but this situation is is far from over. But we're seeing uh, it's an easy pivot. They they were prepared, and because they have the resources, they have the oil, they have the fertilizer, they have the gas, and above all, they have the gold. So they can make the rules. They can they can pivot and and create a new system and it seems like the system is already in place i think they've had it under control for a long time the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com
1: jerry you don't surprise me you already seem very well educated on this subject because i just saw in this article about the imf warning countries um will respond to the sanctions uh saying that goldman sachs released a note warning that the twilight of the U.S. dollar's global hegemony could be at hand. Wow! <laughs> did you read this article? I or? did not no. No, these are just your own thoughts. You you match that of
2: Goldman Sachs. Well, I think everyone is sort of. But you uh, didn't go to Rutgers. No, I didn't go to Rutgers. Okay. No, not at all. Everyone's uh, in, repeating, and they see that the writing is on the wall, and it's and you know, it comes to a point where the the mainstream news has to kind of reveal. The truth in the news for once. They're talking about the U.S. dollar. They're talking about well, the sanctions just don't work. You know, they thought that the sanctions would work, but they're not working. Yeah, there's something there's something kind of shooting yourself in the foot, or or,
1: if I can create a new word, boomerangy, <laughs> about about these sanctions in any capacity. Take for example, um, take for example, not accepting. Russian gold or, or taking certain refiners off the off the good delivery bar list. Okay, so what you're basically saying is unlike a country that might put uh, capital controls and say, because this has happened many times in history you go, we're, we're not allowing you to export gold or silver out of the country. We need, we need it in the country to keep the currency afloat. We don't want it getting into getting into other countries and fleeing right? Mm-hmm. So there that's happened in the past. But instead of Russia doing that, they're being told they can't move the product out of the country, essentially, meaning, great, they can put it into their central bank, mm-hmm. continue to accumulate it. And I, I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about that the central bank of Russia isn't putting any pressure on the retail market in Russia. They're They're letting the banks keep their gold to supply the retail market that's or right. the Russian people who are who are um, running to the exits mm-hmm. to make sure that they've got something hedged. in their hands mm-hmm. hedged against any, any potential collapses, I guess, against the ruble or, or whatever is happening, inflation, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I thought this was kind of interesting, Jerry, this, this, this headline of IMF warns countries may cut dollar reserves in response to U.S. sanctions against Russia. So um, this came from IMF's first deputy managing director, Gita Gopinath, and she's quoted with saying, we are likely to see some countries reconsidering how much they hold of certain currencies in their reserves. And she's basically talking about the fact that psychologically there's going to be certain countries that are going to say, well, if if you can stop other countries from using their currencies, what's to say you can't stop our country from doing the same, right? Like, in other words, Russia's got currencies – All around the world, but they're being blocked off from Russia. It's making people think about, or countries think about, well, how dependent do we want to be on these currencies? Mm -hmm. That got me thinking. That sounds very familiar with the government overreach we experienced recently. Mm -hmm. You know, when the government is, you know, seizes assets from someone who donated, right, Mm -hmm. to a cause. Mm -hmm. There's many people that are thinking, well, if they can do it to them, they can do it to me.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't want to be part of that. Maybe I should protect myself against that because yeah. you've already done it. Because there're to be many, many more causes. There, there was just one cause. It, there could be others, uh, you know, other causes that we may want to support. Um, and you know, if it's our money, we have the right. If we're doing it the legal way, if it's a, if it, if it's a just thing, if it. If it if it is in line with the charter and, and and the rule of law then we should have the right to to fund any cause that we that we so choose but again we have to think twice now with the government with the government and their their sites on our bank accounts so that's they showed their hand and I think Canadians are, they're out of the bag. I mean, this is the jack-in-box. You can't put the jack back in the box. And and this is not just
1: on a, on a personal level, but obviously if you're talking about IMF, this is now a global level with central banks saying, well, maybe we shouldn't have my money in your bank just in case you decide to hold it off from us because we don't go with – we don't. We take the wrong side, or whatever. We end up on the wrong side, or you just make this decision. So it's it's scaring people when you take these sorts of actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go to break, let's just end this conversation of gold backing with this. James Turk, amazing gold analyst. Uh, I'm still working my way through his new book. This is through King World News, an eye-opening chart to return to a gold standard and its historic metrics. The gold price would need to be thirty thousand dollars an ounce. It just shows how big the everything bubble has been has been inflated by central banks conjuring up purchasing power from thin air with fake money. The number 18778Silver, the website, guildhallwealth.com. Let's get into some technical forecasting. Let's look at what the Fed is doing and what the Fed is not doing in the next segment. And you're listening to The Real Money Show on AM640.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. The number one silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. So just before break, Jerry, we said that uh, according to James Turk, the the ante has been li- has been raised. It's now no longer ten thousand dollars to get back to a gold standard. You would need gold to go to thirty thousand dollars, and for him, that repre- represents more about the everything bubble than more rather than what gold actually represents. He's right. just saying this much money, this much fiat currency has been concocted out of thin air. And over break. We just did the calculation on a 15 to 1 ratio
2: of what that would look like to gold. So, referencing the silver to gold ratio, gold at $30,000 at a 15 to 1 silver to gold ratio would put silver at $4,500 US per ounce, Jeremy. That's a whopper. That's a whopper. Hold on. So,
1: if you have. 1,000 ounces, which today is costing, what, a little over $30,000, you'd have $4.5 million.
2: And this is the standard that um, that needs to have happen. If, if we need to bring back trust into a system that has lost total credibility, and you just mentioned just currencies in th- out of thin air, we're not mo- talking about the quadrillions of toxic derivatives that also need to be backed up. So this is something that Black Hawk, BlackRock knows all about they have tremendous exposure in the derivatives market and i believe that they're uh, they're getting ready for a wild ride there
1: there's almost an arrogance in that sense sometimes in if you can't believe that gold can go up that high you also would have to believe that the derivative market can't fall now that's kind of interesting because in 2008 the banks the central banks did back up the the market by just printing quantitative easing and taking their the balance sheet on the Fed from, what, under a trillion to over three trillion, not including where they put out to everywhere else and all the other banks that they, they bailed out and, and therefore moving forward were on the same side of colluding with them, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think that that's controversial to say. They all raise rates at the same time. They all lower rates at the same time. That's colluding, mm-hmm. right? But um, – but I don't think that we're in a situation where a bailout can happen now because the derivatives are worse. The money's already been printed. That's right. Um, Where's at some point the credibility runs dry, and I think we're we're getting very close to the tipping point, especially when you know food prices are rising and energy prices are mm-hmm. rising. Well, <laughs> how on a scale of one to ten, how backed
2: into a corner do you think the Fed actually is? I mean, they have no other they have no other play. in their their playbook. Um, They have exhausted, as you mentioned, all of the tools in their toolbox. Um, Quantitative easing, one, two, three, operation twist, um, yield curve controls possibly coming. But the yield, if we look at the 30-year U.S. bond yield chart, it's basically showing that um, this chart chart pretty much topped out for the 30-year. And as yields uh, fall um, on the realization that there is a recession coming up, or financial markets are crashing, um, gold will react as they always do. Um, gold looks very, very positive at this point, but this is an indication that the the, the Fed is cornered. They have lost all credibility, and um, we have to watch what they're going to be doing. Now they spoke a couple times uh, this this past week. They uh, we saw a couple Fed committee members openly contemplating a 50 basis point rise in the cards. And we have to remember uh, the last Fed meeting, they did raise rates, quarter point, big deal, um, but that didn't do anything. That actually causes inflation to take off on you. As you try to raise rates, if you're not going to be doing it aggressively, inflation just takes off and hurdles away like a deer. And now they're saying, well, we got to go with 50 basis points rise, and that it's in the cards. The market is now pricing in eight rate hikes this year, and 50 basis point hikes, both in May and June. Now we have to remember the very the time, the last time that they raised 50 basis points was the year 2000, and that popped the debt the dot com bubble. So a lot of people are coming out fearful. Carl Icahn, uh, even Raul pa- Pal uh, from Micro. Macro insiders, all citing a hard landing ahead. Not not a soft landing as the Fed would want to say. They're actually saying, you know, we're we're there's no other means by which we can get out of this. It's gonna be rate hikes all the way, and uh, which will ultimately lend up end up in a recession or a market crash. And you know what's also interesting, Jerry, is the Fed's balance sheet is
1: at an just reaching an all time high. So even while they've been Talking about raising rates and actually raising rates, they're still printing money. They're still adding to their balance sheet. They're still buying bonds. They're still the buyer of last resort. So they're talking out of both sides of their mouth on that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's um, let's build a picture of what this is actually going to look like, of what it could look like in terms of just if you just take what you see around you now, okay, high high uh, inflation higher energy, higher food, just think about where, let's just play this out and see where it heads. So now, and Biden has basically come out and said, there's going to be food shortages, right? Because again, they refuse to be, they refuse to go back to producing their own oil. So they're still going to import it, which means it's still going to be that much more expensive. Everything's going to be more expensive. Now, as prices rise, you know, I heard like, that Uber is adding a surcharge. So rather than just raising their prices because of gas, they're just going to add a surcharge. Um, I know that that's happening in the car industry too. It's just we're going to keep the sticker price the same. We're just going to add surcharges. Premiums. It's, it's, yeah, it's not much different than in the gold and silver market. That The paper market is broken. Mm-hmm. It's broken. That price doesn't exist anymore. Um, Nickel proved it that the that those markets paper markets are broken, and now there's a physical market that says, yeah, we, you know that paper price doesn't exist. There's going to be premium upon premium. Right. So that's just going to keep going and going, and eventually you're going to get to a point where people have to make decisions because their income isn't keeping up with that. So they have to decide between going out for dinner or buying some clothes or paying a parking ticket. Right, mm-hmm. so now you've got demand destruction, which means we're headed straight towards a major recession where prices could still continue to rise mm-hmm. because whatever is available is more expensive, yeah, right? There's not as much on the shelf, but if you can find it, you're going to have to pay for that what, yeah, that's right are, are we are we on we're the on same, same page, page with that? Yeah. What else do you see happening?
2: Well, yeah, the prices are as we're seeing in the u s the prices are moving up at the fastest pace in forty years. At a point where there's still product on the shelves, there's still items that you can shop for; it's still available. There comes a point, and we always bring back Venezuela. Um, and it's funny that the the U.S. has started to trade oil again with Venezuela, so they they, no, they got desperate enough. They got desperate, uh, so they open up en- the taps. With it,
1: make an enemy, make a friend. Exactly. that's what they did. Exactly, so it, it rushes the enemy. Now we have to. Now we'll
2: now we'll go back to an old enemy and make them our friend. hundred oh, percent. And we knew that it was coming, but. In Venezuela, we had we had seen before that I mean this is a one of the re- wealthiest nations in the southern hemisphere. Uh, now you know now poverty stricken, currency has collapsed. Um, but we remember how quickly prices doubled in Venezuela, and when that happens, you have the panic where people are literally trying to buy, spend their cash on anything to preserve. The store of value to preserve their purchasing power, whether it be gold, whether it be a stapler, yeah, we've heard anything. anything. We've heard that story lots of times from
1: Eastern European clients of ours, mm-hmm. saying, you know, we in in Czechoslovakia or, or Hungary, Poland, yeah. Poland, where they they said no, we had to spend our paycheck like as soon as we got it, because otherwise we wouldn't have the purchasing power. I know they did that in in Argentina. They had hyperinflation pretty recently in the last, right. uh, I think, five six years. So um so it can definitely happen but look i mean even look at how that's gonna converge with the real estate market landlords are asking a lot for rent Mm -hmm. if you if you have to pay this much more for food or this much more for 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 gas Uh, i was listening to something the other day where they said basically look people just won't go to work it's more expensive to fill the car up with with gas than what I'm going to earn at work. Why go to work? Right. Uh, Other people are going to say, well, I've run out of money. I can't pay the rent.
2: Mm -hmm. That's it. You're going to have
1: a bunch of people not paying rent. You're going to have people, then what's going to happen if, if, if certain um, companies can't, can't get the loans anymore, or they're spending too much money paying off the loans and they're not making enough money because there's not enough product coming through and their prices are too high. And Mm -hmm. you know, they've already shrunk their margins. Can't pay the staff. The mm-hmm. staff just walks off. Yep. It, the, these are the type of things that we can be looking at, and these are the type of things we want to be prepared for. Right. And if they don't happen, great. Fantastic. Yeah. I don't
2: think it's going to change where the price of gold is headed. No, not one bit. And this is inflation. These are all effects of that bad thing of inflation. It's a bad thing once it gets started. It just gets hotter and hotter and hotter until it gets cooled off, what that looks like with trillions of dollars in its in a, in a debt crisis that we are in. We've been in a debt crisis since 2008. They've continued to print more money to get us out of that crisis, bringing us to today. We are in the largest debt crisis ever in history, and there's one life raft. There's one life jacket, financially speaking, protecting you because there's zero counterparty risk. Gold and silver are, are stores of value. Beyond balance sheets, beyond currencies, currencies, and even beyond civilizations, what does Canada look like five years from now? This is these are conversations that I'm having with people who have pensions. and in five fifteen, twenty years when you can actually tap into your pension, do you really want Canadian dollars? Will the Canadian dollar will be even around? If you have a two hundred thousand dollar pension and fifteen years from now, what is two two hundred thousand? honestly get you in the future, whereas you can load it up with gold and silver and have something tangible in your future that you can roll into. If the loonie's gone, you can convert that gold into whatever currency is on vogue in the future in Canada. But Right now, uh, anything denominated in a paper instrument that has inflated because of all of the stimulus, because of all of the low interest rate monetary, we loved it. It was great. But it comes to a point where it ends, and if the party is coming to a crashing halt. I believe that this this hard landing, and we're seeing countries have already pivoted. India's pivoted, Russia's pivoted. These, in, in what sense? Well, the sanctions with the Russian oil. India's like, no, we're gonna we're gonna continue to import uh, Russian oil mm. to no to no punishment. Did India was did they reprimand India for doing that? No, maybe got a little bad a couple headlines, but beyond that. Business will go on. People need their oil. People need their resources, and you got to feed your populations. Yeah, I think
1: I, I think what it's kind of ending up looking like is just a, yet another policy failure in the U.S. Just another one in a string of policy failures of not being able to deal with things in a way that that brings them to a conclusion, right? Like they're not even meeting, in, in they're not even meeting in, in Ukraine. There's no talks. No. No talks, but, Nothing. you know, and uh, so we'll, we'll see how that happens. We'll see how it how it unfolds. But in terms of physical precious metals, this is all about it's going to be and it's already been an incredible hedge. The difference is, is that gold hasn't caught up to these debts. They've kept up with inflation over the last 20 years. Same with silver, but they haven't done the 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 incredible gains towards matching the debts that are out there. Because it's hard to, to understand what those debts are and what they, in terms of value, right? Because mm-hmm. they're just sitting on a balance sheet, but they don't matter right now. Eventually, they're really, really going to matter. And that's where he who owns the gold makes the rules. The number, one silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on AM640.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. We're going to get into some technical forecasting, discuss investing in miners versus ownership in precious metals. But first, let's talk about the physical market, Jerry, what we're seeing in the physical market and what these shortages are, are really doing and how it's affecting
2: everything. Let's start off with how bad are the shortages? Um, at the point, at this point, Jeremy, I, I want to say there are shortages. I can't really say if it is um we're seeing really long delays on replenishing larger orders. So we do have product, thankfully, we do have a variety. delays on some product we're noticing a lot of newer investors are coming in so they're putting a lot of pressure on the smaller items there is a notion that you need to have small items to barter and trade and to buy and sell bread i don't really subscribe to that notion Me but either it's, but it's a i understand the pre- preparedness factor we do have to become prepared which i understand so buy some maples buy some 10 ounce bars but then graduate towards the 100 ounce bars so we're seeing some delays now Replenishment, I think it's about six weeks out on larger, larger orders, and we're not getting the from our wholesalers now. Paul deals with probably four of the best, largest wholesalers in the U.S., and um, sometimes there is um, uh, no ETA, so that's a big alarm for for us being you know brokers in precious metals. We have to give an idea, set expectations properly, but. You know, when you're dealing with a company that has been around and doing this since for over twenty years now, Jeremy, you're coming to the right source. This is Guildhall. We've been doing this. This is all we do: inch wide, mile deep, precious metals all the way. We will deliver. Um, but you know, understand, everyone's getting involved, and it's putting pressure on a finite market, a market, especially in silver, that we've seen over the past seven years. The the mines are not. Bringing out enough silver, so yeah, that's a the whole chain is shot. That's
1: a whole other topic. Getting into the miners, we should yeah. definitely jump into that. Yeah. I I think that it's it's difficult because we have con- we're constantly buying, we're constantly buying new new inventory and replenishing. The problem is you don't know when it's going to be received. So every day, every few days, we're receiving something, right? And it's hard to say, oh, we've got everything in stock sometimes we're completely out of things and one of one of the things that i'm noticing happening now is let's take kilo bars for instance we've got a large order of kilo bars of silver coming in any day now and a lot of it's already been spoken for now we don't typically like to to sell and and make customers wait it's usually clients who've already have an established relationship who are who know us very well, so they they're they're happy to say yeah 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 order it. Let me know when it comes in. But if you're a new client, it's, I don't feel comfortable with it myself. I don't want to say yeah, let's take take some funds and and we'll tell you when it comes in. That's not really a good way to go. So on that sense, in that sense, it's good to just either put orders through the e store or uh, just contact us if you have a sense of what you're looking to acquire. Then we can put you on a wait list. For that specific product when it comes in, let's say it's 10 ounce silver bars, you can let us know how many you're looking for, and we'll let you know as soon as it comes in. Because even even a large order of 10 ounce silver bars, for instance, we're not going to sell that whole, all of that, so that when it comes in, it's all spoken for, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to hold back some of that inventory for, for new customers. So give us a call. Let us know kind of what you're thinking. I love what you said, Jerry, the idea of starting small then moving a bit bigger. I like the idea of crawl, walk, run. You want to know what this market's about. We have a lot of people who will call and say, so, so how does this work? <laughs> what is this? Um, and, you know, we're dealing in a physical asset. It's good to just get your feet wet Buy a couple ten ounce bars if they're available, or a couple one ounce gold bars, which are definitely available, mm-hmm. and just see what that pricing looks like. What it what it's like to get that physical product in your hand, and then we notice that people really move from there. They'll they'll say, okay, great, I want to get more. Great, I want to do a TFSA. Oh, by the way, I have a lira over at another company that I want to bring over, and oh, I want to do an R- RSP as well. And things can just build and progress from there. So I would say, in that sense. If anyone's looking for some advice is not to not to think too far into the future just take it one kind of small step at a time and and over time it'll reveal your reveal itself Mm -hmm. of of what will work for you moving forward in terms of your acquisitions Mm -hmm.
2: ultimately yeah it does come down to your preference if you're okay Mm -hmm. with paying a little bit more for maples you're going to buy maples all day long um but as far as uh, a strategy goes the Right now would be the time to get started in precious metals. If you've been on the fence, if you've been thinking about, it, if you've been watching and waiting, definitely now is the time. And uh, just going to share some information from from the uh, a foreign exchange uh, uh, blogger. Okay, uh, we'll get to
1: that in just a moment. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website GuildhallWealth.com. Remember, everything at Guildhall is physical, physical, physical. We have a motto, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. The best place to start is some small purchases. You can do that through the e-store at guildhallpreciousmetals.com or you can contact us directly. We're happy to walk you through a purchase. We also have a storage facility. You can store the product. At Brinks at uh, IDS of Canada. It's fully insured, underwritten by Lloyds of London, outside the banking system, obviously secure, allows for liquidity, be able to buy and sell on a phone call. And then, of course, you can also own physical precious metals in a registered account directly owned by you, unencumbered product, fully allocated, fully segregated, again, held in a Brinks facility outside the banking system. Great opportunity for people who have registered accounts. Jerry, let's talk about what they're saying in the Forex
2: market and also looking at some of the technical forecasting. Yeah, this is coming from Daily Forex. Chris Lewis, he's an analyst uh, doing foreign exchange trading there. Um, And his forecast on gold, the markets are breaking out of a recent consolidation. So a few weeks ago, we saw gold pierce right through the $2,000 level, uh, touching just before its all-time highs. And then uh, we saw a pullback. Primarily because of geopolitical, a breather from Russia and Ukraine, there were talks about maybe sitting down and having a peace deal, but that went by way of the dodo. And and on that note, <clears throat> it's
1: kind of interesting, and I think it's, it's good to point out that geopolitical um, events can spark a market, but they're not necessarily long-term drivers of the market, mm-hmm. right? More so than… Or less so than inflation or
2: supply demand. Right, right. This that would be sort of a just a knee-jerk reaction. So we did see after the Russia uh, hopes that there was a vicious pullback in the precious metals market. Um and it was and it was actually oversold. The, the 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 move was very drastic and it wasn't a big surprise. The pullback was very quick though, and followed by a consolidation, and then now a move to the upside. Gold markets have rallied significantly during the last few trading sessions to break well above and and, and hovering around the 1950 level. Uh, he writes, Christopher Lewis writes, there is really no reason whatsoever to short gold right now, which is a bet against gold. And basically from Thursday on was a doubt, without a doubt, as a confirmation of that fact. So we're holding above the EMA, the 50-day uh, moving averages above 1900. Uh, holding 1950. So we're likely going to be seeing 2,000 uh, once again, knowing that we have 50 basis point rate hikes coming up. Inside so, of a month, Jerry, we went from, man, I hope we can break 1,800
1: to, are we going to hold 1,900? Mm-hmm. Right, Big changes in the market.
2: Yeah, exactly. And the psychology is all be, all because of the fear trade, he, he concludes, because as long as there's fear out there, there will be demand for gold and silver. Now the fear has to do with geopolitics, inflation, uh, Fed policy failures, those are the fundamentals uh, surrounding the fear factor. And it shouldn't be seen as fear for us in in gold. If you have gold, you're, you're positioned for some tremendous great times and some tremendous topside potential.
1: Yeah, if you're prepared, you're positioned, you're in great shape to weather any storm that comes your way. And when it comes to financial markets, there's so much in derivatives there's 300 trillion in debt all of these things could unwind very very quickly the fed clearly doesn't really have a direction here and and in some ways it looks like they're saying well whatever we do it's going to fail so let, let i have a quick comment to make about that on the other side of the break the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com it's the real money show on am 640
0: you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser
1: Welcome back to the Real Money Show, the number 18778 silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. If you want to get some smaller products or just test the market out for the first time, please visit guildhallpreciousmetals.com. That's our e-store, great place to see the types of products that are that are out there, the types of costs in order to get into the market. It is a very competitive market and if uh, the product is available, that's probably the first priority. Jerry, just before break, I wanted to to make a comment about the Fed just an observation, if you will. You know, when you control markets so much and you make yourself in control of every single facet of the market, in other words, you've, you, you're, you're buying – you're the bond buyer, not of last resort. You're, you are the principal bond buyer. You are buying all the toxic assets. You are printing money and just throwing the liquidity into the market. You, you own it. Mm-hmm. You own it. You own every aspect of it. You've, you've infiltrated every aspect of the market. There's no free hand. Right? Correct. You, you, you own it. You, every single thing that happens in this market is on you. Mm-hmm. That's right. So whatever the Fed does, it's on them. And it makes you wonder, well, are you doing it on purpose? It's, I've asked this question for the last few weeks. Are they doing these things on purpose? Do they want to collapse the economy for some reason? Is this how they usher in the great – I don't know. The fact is is that if you have made yourself the the entity in control of – you hold the marionette string of every single aspect of the market. No wonder everyone wonders what you're going to say. But when it's all at its end, it doesn't matter what button you push, Mm -hmm. what straw you put on the camel's back. It's on you and it doesn't matter whether or not you did it on purpose i think mm-hmm. cuz it's the end game yeah there's no other you just tip that chess piece over whether you raise rates whether you print the money it's over it doesn't mm-hmm. matter it's over the chess game's over you've yeah. run out of moves yeah complete moves the next thing is the the currency being held all around the world just as the imf's um, you know, secondary chief was saying that look, people are going to sell their dollars. They're going to de-dollarize. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, "Well, why would I have this currency in this bank over here when you guys could cut me off?" Mm-hmm. Right? And as 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 uh, they the the one um, the CEO of uh, BlackRock was saying, think that it's the end of globalism. Mm-hmm. This is it. The de-dollarization, end of globe. No one trusts each other That's anymore. Cool. So it doesn't matter what button the Fed pushes. They own this. They they created this. We just want to be out of the way. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's the Indiana Jones boulder. Yeah. And we how are what are we going to do? We got to have some physical gold and silver you want to be out of the way. You want to be out of the way of what is coming down the pike mm-hmm. so that we're prepared for the
2: next. Yeah. Exactly. And that getting out of the way… Well, am I… anything that I… anything you disagree with there? No, that's checkmate. When you run run out of moves, um, it it is on the Fed. And the Fed has said everything, has has done everything. They have run out of moves, and it's checkmate. We have to see how… which direction that that chess piece is going to fall. But ultimately, it is right now about eliminating all counterparty risks. and this includes anything to do with any financial instruments, even companies that are exposed to inflation. We have to be very cognizant of that as well. Is is this the part in the show where you start talking cup and handle now? <laughs> I can, if you would like. <laughs>
1: okay, well, we did say we would talk about some technical forecasting. So what do you, what do you have on that note? Very quick.
2: Well, we have on the 1950 mark, as I mentioned before. So we should be looking up to the uh, $2,000 gold level again. The yields keep dropping. The 30 year treasury yield is keep dropping and it's going to probably has peaked and it's on its way down, indicating money is flowing out of risky assets into precious metals. So, topside potential in gold will likely see a 2020, uh, 2040 and break above 2070, perhaps. Uh, Silver, on the other hand, uh, 2550, up to 2625 and then silver seems to be jumping about 25 cents for every leap so watch be mindful of those pivots of 25 and, cents and the consensus
1: seems to be silver breaks 30 we're going to 50 this time round 30 Big is jumps. is going to be just we break that it, it as though it never existed and we just take off mm-hmm. that's correct yeah. so so let's talk about uh mining, mining miners versus metals yeah. um what's your opinion Are you know I know you're not an advisor but do you, do you like miners? Are you against miners? How do you see them fitting? Is there a play there for people?
2: You know, it, it, it does come up often. You know, people are looking at gold, people are looking at physical silver and they may speak to their advisor who may offer them. Why not? Uh, uh, why not just get into uh, a mining share, a mining company? We love miners. We hold some miners ourselves. Right. Uh, but we, we see the mining and gold to be two different things. Uh, the Ipperson Associates had a study about financial planners and what they should be offering their clients, and they and gold should be offered physically. It should be physical bullion because it eliminates counterparty risks, especially with mines, because with mines you have to eliminate things like accounting. Are they is the company beating the quarterly earnings expectations? Uh, and now we're coupling in inflation. Now we know mining is a very resource intensive business. Costs costs have gone up tremendously. Uh, the energy costs are now up about fifty percent year over year. So when you have that, you know, falling on top of a on, a on a mining company, what is their balance sheet looks like? Well,
1: that just tells me that there's a floor to gold and silver prices because if all of these prices are increasing, costs are increasing, then you have to, it costs more to bring it out of the ground. That just puts mm-hmm. a floor under the price of the metals. That's right. Um, yeah, I think what you're saying is that look, you know, you're dealing with a lot more on the on balance sheets and margins and and management there's a lot more to kind of negotiate there and so the idea is to have a the foundation in physical gold and silver and then you can open it up to the miners because ultimately there there can be great gains in those in those markets and from from what
2: we've seen they're definitely incredibly undervalued yeah that that too i mean while miners have some some potential in them um, but they have unlimited potential costs as well. The, the physical bullying, the metal itself on, on the other hand has never gone bankrupt as well. So we have to keep that in mind. Well, Jerry, we've come to the end of
1: another great episode of The Real Money Show. We've talked about Russia, gold, going back to some sort of standard, the end of the uh, globalization as we know it, according to Larry Fink from BlackRock. We've covered some of the technical aspects. We've looked at inflation. We've kind of pictured what it could look like in terms of a fallout. And we even discussed the Fed out of options checkmate. This is not going to end well we have to have some physical gold and silver now i know it's getting tough to get into the market be patient keep calling you know do your best one step at a time get into the market it's so important the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com I want to thank everyone for listening and congratulations to some of our new diamond owners that have acquired diamonds over the last few weeks we're really happy about that and we'll talk about that in our next episode of the show Jerry thanks for joining all the listeners thanks for joining and we can't wait to speak to you next week here on the Real Money Show on AM640
0: the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.